so here we are. The, uh, it was one of those things that I'd, I had my hopes up, but we'll go through with it anyway. Thankful to Seth for praying for me because I'm sure I'm going to need it before the end of this. Each time I do so, any sort of, sort of lesson or topic, I try to find something that relates to me. And this morning is no different. Uh, the sermon is based out of Luke 13. It's a parable from Jesus. The parable is of the barren fig tree. It's not one that we hear or use a great deal of, but uh, thought it was very applicable. Luke 13, Luke 13, starting in verse 6. Then he told this parable. A man had a fig tree growing in his vineyard, and when he went to look for fruit on it, but he did not find any. So he said to the man who took care of the vineyard, For three years now I've been coming to look for fruit on this fig tree and haven't found any. Cut it down. Why should it use up the soil? Sir, the man replied, leave it alone for one more year, and I'll dig around it and fertilize it, and if it bears fruit next year, fine. If not, then cut it down. Of course, you all know that we farm. I've lived on a farm and worked my whole life, more or less. Now, we don't raise many crops these days, other than just hay and grass, but we do raise cows. And that's the main thing that led to my topic. From time to time, we prune our herd. Sometimes cows get second chances, just like there in verse 8, when the fellow that took care of the vineyard asked for one more year. But oftentimes, they don't get that second year. They get moved on. If you don't produce calves, we can't keep a cow around. It's like this year, we had one that didn't produce last year, and we gave her till the end of May, and she had one. She got her second chance. But we've got a few others that they're not going to be that lucky. They're probably going to be you know, six months from now in your hamburger at Wendy's. It's just part of life. You know, if, you're, if you don't produce, or you're a little too crazy, or a little too nervous, you don't make the cut. God, in his dealings with us and his, his lessons, he uses nature, uh, farming, things like that to provide us examples and lessons that we can work with and understand. Uh, just as kind of a sidebar, I did a few searches. The word tree appears 198 times in the Bible. Seed, 279. Plow, 32. Vine, 62. Vineyard, 69. Of course, we know there's all manner of reference to fields, sowing, reaping, harvest. But he uses these things to relate to his kingdom. God and Christ both used many familiar things to teach the people and to teach us. Of course, back then, most of those people were agricultural people, so they understood these things. It was an easy way to get his point across. They're still relevant. Now, if 
Christ was walking the earth today instead of 2,000 years ago, he might be doing something a little different. You know, he may be using business to, from Wall Street or the Internet or things to direct us with because we see those things and understand some of those things. Maybe, maybe not. He still may have used the natural things. But getting back to the main topic of pruning. Pruning is getting rid of the dead weight. Most of the, probably the most well-known set of verses that we know about this comes from John 15. John 15, of course, that's about the vine and the branches. I'll read verses 1 through 8 of John 15. It says, I am the true vine, and the Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Remain in me, as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers, and such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and in my words, and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. So basically, the vine provides the flow of life. It's necessary. It's necessary for the branches to produce fruit. Now look at that spiritually. Jesus is the vine. The Father is the grower. The true believers are the branches. Of course, that's why we're here today. That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to be branches. We're trying to be useful ones. As branches, we're spiritually alive. Yet, we can only grow as we are connected to Jesus. If we're connected to the true vine. Now, what's Jesus interested in? He's interested in the fruit. So if the branches are not bearing fruit, what does that have to happen? There's where the pruning comes in. Now, on the surface, pruning, it seems to be a little counterproductive if you just think about it. You're cutting off part of the vine cutting something off. So how does that help? Well, if we go back to the farming and the gardening again, if any, most, if any of you ever done any of it, you'll know many trees and vines and plants in general, there are things that we often call suckers. Now, if you haven't ever topped tobacco, things like that you may not understand that 
But if you've got a Bradford pear tree, you do. Those things grow like crazy on them. They'll, they'll grow so many that the whole tree will fall down under its own weight. By definition, suckers are vigorous vertical growth originating from a root system or, from a, or a lower main stem of a plant. Plant suckers are usually undesirable. You want the plant, but you don't want the suckers because they sap the plant's energy. They're offshoots, and they take away from the branch. We go back to how we relate this to us. The devil uses everything that he can every day to provide us with distractions or things that draw from us, suckers. He seeks to try to draw the spiritual life from us. And it can be easy if we let it. He wants to hold us back. He wants to turn us into that dead branch that gets permanently cut off. There's a lot of things that he puts in front of us that can easily do this for us. Recreation, money, entertainment, work, travel, hanging out with the wrong kind of people, working with the wrong kind of people. There's all these things that the devil uses to, to distract us, to draw from us, to pull away from us. Just a simple example. This is not a sinful thing, but I have a habit, if I'm not careful, I can go down the YouTube or Netflix wormhole really quick. When I get home, when I get home at night, my mind is pretty much fried. It's pretty easy just to want to vegetate for a long time. And like I said, it's something small, not sinful. But if it goes on day after day, week after week, not productive, not doing anything, idle. For most of us, we feel a lot better when we're productive. You know, you, you, you honestly, if, if after supper you get out and do a little something, you feel better than you do if you just lay on the couch. It's just nature. We do need a little downtime occasionally to refresh, but sometimes we let these suckers or distractions take hold on our lives. We'll put so much time and effort or pay so much attention to them, we can't even see where we're going. There's often things in our life that need to be pruned away. These things can do things like keep us from worship services, study, doing good instead of doing nothing at all, serving. We were put on this earth to serve, not to be served. We were not put here to please ourselves. Sometimes we have to prune our lives, remove sin and distractions to get where we want to go. Without a little pruning, we can end up being like that vine that just grows all over the place but produces nothing. We've all seen hillsides covered in kudzu. We all know that those seemingly pretty ornamental 
plants and bushes that we have around our house are all nice, but if you let those things go for a year too long, first thing you know, they're, all, they're, they're bigger than the house. That's what happens when we let things creep in. God, he wants to shape us. He wants to shape us into the image of his son. That's his goal. If we go back to John 15, it says, While every branch that does not bear fruit, he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. Something to keep in mind that we often let slip is the father's the vine dresser. At times, he'll cut away the dead parts because they might cause us trouble. There's times he may even cut off living tissue, so to speak, that's robbing us of spiritual energy, zeal. That's the suckers. Sometimes God's pruning is painful, but over time he's, he's trying to make us like his son. Now, pruning doesn't necessarily either mean it's just spiritual surgery. It's not just the removal of what's dead. It can be mean way cutting away the good too and the better so that we might get to the best, to bear the best fruit possible. Now, when it comes to fruit bearing, we have to be a little careful. You know, sometimes on the farm when we try to give our best effort to get the best product, raise the best crop or whatever, doesn't always pan out, even if we do everything just right. In spiritual matters, sometimes we can feel that fruit bearing just means leading other people to Jesus. And that's a big part of it. But there's much more to Galatians Galatians 5, 22 and 23. It tells us, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. These are the kind of things we need to be producing. We have to remember that we're not producing fruit to please ourselves. It's produced to give and to serve. For God and those who we come in contact with that we can help and influence. You know, just as I said about the farm, not everything we're going to do is going to make a bumper crop, so to speak. We can fertilize and work and do everything we want and still we may not get the results. We may not get the bumper crop. Matthew 13, 8 tells us that other seeds fell on good ground and produced grain. Some a hundredfold, some 60, and some 30. So not everything we do, we're going to get back what we expect. This year's hay crop was about 25% less than last year's. 
sometimes these things happen. But we can't get ourselves too disappointed if we don't always produce the things we should. There's always fruit where there's life. If we're in the vine, we have life. I'd like to read a few verses going on down in John 15. John 15, starting in verse 9. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and remain in his love. I have told you this so that you, my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this. Love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer called you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned is from my Father and I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit. Fruit that will last. So that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command. Love each other. In conclusion, let's be willing to bear or to prune where needed. Stay in the vine. Be alive. Be useful. We don't want to be the barren fig tree from Luke 13 or the unfruitful vine from John 15. Cut down, cut off. Hebrews 12, 6 tells us that for whom the Lord loves, he disciplines. He's father. That's what fathers have to do. We don't like disciplining children. Sometimes that's the only way to prune and get the results and to try to Shape the, help shape them into the best people they can be. That's what he's doing for us. He's trying to prune and shape us into the image of his son. He won't keep us in the vine if we're doing wrong. Let's take note of the things that creep into our lives, and make us unfruitful, be willing to do something about it. We stay in the vine by following his commandments. And remember that God is the vine dresser not us. Just these things are just something that, like I said, through things that I see that we do in nature and we do on our farm that are I felt that would be useful for me. Anytime I present something, I try to find something that would be good for me to look at and needful. And hopefully it will be for you too. This is not necessarily a, been one of those talks that trying to bring people to God. This is a little more for us older people, I guess you could say. But each time we come together, we want to offer the invitation for those who have never become part of God's vine, who have never become a branch, and to be useful in his kingdom, to be part of his kingdom, to do so. You have to hear and believe, repent, be baptized, and follow him. Do his commandments, follow his will.
to those of us who have become part of his kingdom, if we've fallen back and let things of the world distract us and pull us in, we give this opportunity as well if we need, if anyone needs the prayers of the congregation here. If anyone has a need, please come forward as we stand and sing.